morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super G, is joining us on this Friday. And today we got a very special guest, a renowned educator in the crypto community, and now a good friend of the GMC team, Brad Kimes is in the building, ladies and gentlemen, also known as Digital Perspective. So thank you for being here, Brad. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing one thing in particular, guys. XRP is not a security. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, we're breaking records this morning, not with the XRP price chart, not with the news from Ripple, but that was the fastest introduction in GMC history. So pretty exciting, my friend. How are you feeling? Thanks for being here. Abs, I'm feeling great. It's a whole new world. You know, there's going to be pre-July 13 and then after July 13. And we're in a whole different place. Well, let me just start off by saying good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you guys and appreciate you for showing up every single day. But man, it's going to be a whole bunch of new days going forward. So awesome to have our man Brad here. Brad, great to see you and Gonzo too. Love you guys. Can't wait to hop into it. Gotcha. Oh, Gonzo, this was a historic week for you way before the XRP <laughs> lawsuit. So I just want to say congratulations, my friend. And how are you feeling? What's on your mind? I'm feeling good, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Still kind of trying to recover my voice uh, from yesterday. But yeah, man, just woke up this morning feeling very blessed and um, just very grateful, right? Yesterday was a good day for the XRP army and for all of us. And so just looking forward to, to like a bright future to come and just excited to be here with Brad and, and Johnny and you. And, and after this, dude, it's like a double whammy. You're going to get Coach JV and Waters Above. So it's going to be a great day. Pretty exciting, guys. And Brad, I see you got your glasses on. And that's I'm, I'm assuming it's because the future's bright, my friend. So I'm going to give you the open floor. How you feeling? Thanks for making time for us. You could be anywhere in the world this morning now that your income has doubled, my friend. So thanks for being here. How you feeling and, and what's on your mind? Future's so bright, we got to wear shades, man. You know what I mean? That's where we're at here. Hey, you know, look, it, it, it's nothing but good news. And it's, it's, it, we should all take a little time to let it wash over us. We have been through so much, you know. And look, no one had our back when this was going on. And in fact, when this was happening to us, the rest of the maximalists and tribalists in this space we're throwing us a boat anchor so we would sink quicker, you know, and there's still a reaction like that amongst many others in the community. I saw Peter McCormick took a shot at XRP uh, uh, after the ruling came out, too. And, you know, I just I, I feel bad for the people who are in that mindset because, you know, this decision is monumental and it's not just for Ripple and not just XRP. And I know we're going to get into that further, but. You know, I just want to say it's monumental in the fact that, you know, overall what it's going to inform the crypto space in direction and where things are going is, is what's so exciting about this and not just for Ripple and XRP. So I hope it begins to dissolve some of that tribalist, maximalist mindset out here. 
So guys, not only is Brad an XRP holder, he's an optimist as well. And we got 351 live listeners here. I don't know if we'll see the tribalism go away, guys, but I love what you had to say. Show us some love and smash that like button. We're going to get this thing started the same that we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button, especially if you want to get this XRP case. When we check out the Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index, Johnny, we're sitting in greed this morning at a 60 and maybe we should use the XRP indicator because we are up 65% on the daily candle. And we got green bubbles across the board. XLM is also notably up about 47% on the day. When we look at the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at $1.25 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 48% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. Bitcoin is maintaining 30000 at 30100 Ethereum just broke two grand, sitting at exactly 2000 And XRP sitting right here at 78 cents. And guys, we're going to kick it straight back to Brad here. But Johnny, I just want to get some thoughts from you and Gonzo as well. Yesterday, we found out live on air that this is what's happening. And we watched the price go from 47 cents on our show to 78 cents, which is exactly where we're sitting at today. So we were already celebrating. But before we get into hard facts, what did you do yesterday and how you feeling? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're answering a lot of questions yesterday, that's for sure. But, Abs, you know, I wanted to touch on something that Brad said. I think it's so important. It's so sad that this industry is still fighting itself internally. And I just want that to go away. You know, we really have to realize that, you know, whether you're a maximalist or this or that, it's okay for the other cryptos to do good as well. It's good for the industry as a whole. And I just don't know when people are going to recognize that. I mean, everything was up yesterday because of this ruling. It rose everything up, but yet people still want to see it go down. There's no value whatsoever in anyone hating any. We're all in the same game. It's called crypto, boys. So I really hope the love starts to spread. I'm really saddened to see that there's still people wishing and wanting to see one go down and one lose. It does not help the industry as a whole. It's very, very sad to see that. But well Here's what I will say, Johnny, and I did not want to cut you off. I apologize about that. Judge Torres took a huge step forward for the whole industry. And something we've debated on our show for several months is Charles Hoskinson. And even Charles came out yesterday to join the XRP Army. So, Brad, before we get into our q and I'd love to hear from Gonzo. Gonzo, what are you taking from this news? The price chart, the ripple clarity, what's on your mind? Yeah, so um, it, it definitely was a great day. But just to kind of piggyback on what Johnny was saying, you know, the pie is big enough for everybody, mm -hmm. right? And regardless of what chain you believe in or if you're multi-chain kind of like us, you know, we should all be working together because you even saw people that were like haters of XRP or haters of Ripple or the people that like called it a banker's coin or what have you. Even, even they came out yesterday on Twitter and said, thank you, right? Hey, you know what? Thank you because you saw how the market reacted. Uh, everything kind of came up together. So it was a good day. It, it was also cool to kind of see my TA, right? Because, um, you know, we had done that, we had done that uh, fib pull from all-time high. And, and you saw what price action did. It, it, it exploded right up through the uh, 0.5 fib and then right into the bottom of the golden pocket, which was 93 cents, and then rejected. And it's come back down to settle where we kind of thought it would settle the 0.5 fib at 75 cents. So uh, you know, I, I got in some entries there at 75 cents. And so, yeah, man, so it was a good day. Well, Brad, as I like to say, a rising tide lifts all boats. And what we saw yesterday was a huge step forward for the crypto industry. I do have some questions prepared, but I just want to start off with 
You've been in this market for what, since 2016, maybe even before then? And from no, 2017. 2017. And from day one with Ripple, they were talking about an IPO. And that process has become more clear than ever. I'm looking forward to diving deep into that during today's episode. But before we do, what is most important about this ruling to you? And what's on your mind that you think our listeners should be aware of? As closely as I can quote it, XRP in and of itself is not an investment contract nor a security. Judge Torres. My job. Boom. Tell me this. Obviously, XRP was ruled to be not a security. So what impact do you think that's going to have on not global markets, but just within our borders? Could we see companies like Bank of America and JP Morgan now come out and start endorsing the use cases for XRP, XLM, and so on? Well, that, is that to me? You throw that to me? Okay. So I, I just didn't want to cut some off. So, uh, yeah. So, look, I, I feel like that's the thing to start to watch out for. There's a few things to watch out for right now. It's NDAs burning off, right, because of that legal clarity, right? And then we may be a little early on that. There may be another thing or two some of these institutions are waiting for. Okay, it's not a security, but is it currency or is it a commodity? Like there, you know, business corporates may still be on the fence about what exactly it is, even though they understand the benefit. But I hope not. I hope they understand it's not a security and they can get using it to start to disrupt their business model in the best way possible. But two things that I really am excited about going forward because of this decision, and it's use case utility, finally getting an opportunity to see the free market operate so we can see this asset work with use case utility and the price driver for the asset no longer be speculation, but use case utility. Now, that would lead to another important component because we know that XRP is used to bridge payments, settle payments, whether it's clearing, cross-border, remittance, whatever. Then there's going to be a huge demand because of automated market makers. There's going to be a huge demand to not only use the asset, but to buy it, hold it, and lock it up inside of automated market makers. So use case utility and TVL, total value locked up. I believe are going to be huge price drivers and speculation will be a small portion of it going forward. Hopefully that's the, that's what I'm looking for. Well, Brad, we're going to go through a Twitter thread right now from Stuart Alderati congratulating the community on the news and discussing exactly how this is going to impact the rest of the crypto market besides XRP. But we have 508 live listeners joining us. Show us some love and smash that like button. And I want to say thank you to Brad. Brad, you could be anywhere in the world and you're on Good Morning Crypto right now. So we appreciate that, my friend. A huge win today, said Stuart Alderati. As a matter of the law, XRP is not a security. Also, as a matter of the law, sales on exchanges are not securities. Sales by executives are not securities. Other XRP distributions to developers, charities, and employers are also not securities. And Johnny Crypto, I'm going to go through this whole thread, but I want to stop there and get some groundbreaking statements. On a scale of 1 to 10, where do you rank this Ripple win? We talked about splitting the baby, but in my eyes, this is one of the most optimistic case scenarios we could have asked for. Yeah, I would definitely put this at an 11 on that scale. You know, the reality is we knew... If you watched this show, you knew two things. One, you knew that we always said that the early sale portions of, of what they did, we thought were going to be securities. No surprise there that they were going to split the baby. And we said what's important and what we believed was the secondary sales, the way it's being operated now, are not security. And so I think the judge got it right personally. You know, some people aren't going to like that, but I just think she did. I think she got it right from that perspective. So, and then the second thing we told you, 
Everybody thought this thing was going to ten dollars. What 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 did I say we would see for the price? Say we would return back to the price. Let me give Gonzo a little bit of credit here, guys. I got to give Gonzo a shout out, and I shouted you out on the show either yesterday or two days ago. You've been way ahead of the game when it comes to the price charts, and I know you work with Waters Above, so we should give him a shout out as well. But let's discuss the price chart before I read this Twitter thread. Yesterday we broke out of a key range when it came to XRP. If we could get above fifty-four cents, there was almost no resistance from sixty all the way to 83. And that's exactly what we saw on the price charts yesterday. So now that we're sitting at 78 cents this morning, what are the price charts showing you, Gonzo? And then we'll dive into the facts from the lawsuit. Yeah, well, like I was saying earlier, the 0.55 is at about 75 cents. And so we're now we're just kind of moving sideways. I think we're building another flag. And the measured move looks like at about $1.29, maybe $1.30. And that makes a lot of sense because there's confluence with the top of the golden pocket. It's at about $1.29. So that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Absolutely, Gonzo. And, and sorry, I was reading the live chat. They're talking about Judge Torres. Guys, everybody should comment to Judge Torres on Twitter and give her a big thanks. Give her an XRP in the hashtag. But let's switch right into our topics for today. Brad, one of the things that we've been discussing from Stuart Alderati is that with official sales of XRP not being ruled a security, this is going to open up the floodgates for not only use cases with our currency, XRP, but for the entire crypto market overall. And here's what we're going to break down. Stuart Alderati said, the only thing that the court found that constitutes an investment contract is past direct XRP sales to institutional clients. There will be further court proceedings only on these institutional sales per the court's order. My absolute gratitude to the teams that have been working tirelessly on this matter for over the years, the judge's decision affirms so much of what this industry has been fighting for. And it also shows that the SEC does not have the unbound jurisdiction over crypto. Maybe now we can start to have a rational conversation about crypto regulation inside the United States. Brad, it appears that Stuart Alderati is also an optimist. So what do you think about these statements? The only sales of XRP that could constitute an investment contract are the ones that went to institutions directly from Ripple. There's actually a positive approach to this, guys. This is not bad news for Ripple, but Brad, I'd love to give you the floor. Well, here, you know, look, I, I, this is the split decision I thought was going to happen. And I know John Deaton's talked about this, too, for a long time. Uh, this is the split decision I thought if, if the SEC is going to win on any merit, towards the judge's ruling, this would be as bad as it gets. And this is exactly where it is. Now, this sets the stage for a few things in my eyes. And I just had the pleasure of sitting down with Meta Lawman yesterday and getting his take as well. And it's not too terribly different than my own, but it doesn't mean we're right. But I just want to share the view of it. So I feel like the, the decision that sides with the SEC in the early sales gives the SEC the right to say that they won a victory, even though they lost in the other 10 decisions, you know, or, or 50, whatever it ends up being. It's a small amount, but, you know, they lose, they get the one little win. They're like, yeah, we won. You know what I mean? It's like, no, they didn't win. But what what's important here is that because we know the SEC is in a, in a position where they are not afraid to overreach for jurisdiction, right? And they're using regulation by enforcement. They're playing a nasty game. So there, I believe that the SEC will use the early decision on sales to say, oh, well, you know what? That means that every other project in early sales are securities, too. So we're going to continue to play whack-a-mole because now we've got the judge's permission to choose which ones we want to crush. And we're going to do that until Congress actually passes legislation. That's the problem I think we're, we're going to see now. Gonzo and Johnny Crypto, I'd love to get a response from you. And then we're going to hear from what the SEC had to say because they spun this lawsuit as if they won. And Brad, we're going to break it down for our listeners because 
They have to tell us their lies, but we can definitely decipher what's the truth and what's a lie within this statement. Johnny, we got 606 live listeners already here. Show us some love and smash that like button. I'm sure many of you are part of Brad's community. So congratulations to all of you as well. But Johnny, what's on your mind? Well, Abs, this is what happens, right? This is called turd polish. So what you do is you get the turd out, you polish it up really good, get it on all the edges. And that's exactly what the SEC is doing, right? They needed a win here. They needed to grasp something. The judge gave them a little bit, like Brad just said, something so that they can still continue to play. And the bad part about that is they're going to be able to pick winners and losers still. And that's what we don't want to see. And that's just not good. That's not going to stop happening until Congress, you know, passes some kind of legislation. The good news is that XRP is free. It can now, or I should say, you know, it can now go out. And that's what's got me really excited. You know me, I always like to look at the positive and moving forward. And the part is they can now start to move forward because of that reason, not a security. And so now the question is who comes knocking on the door, right? We know that they've been kind of pushed out of the U.S. and they haven't been able to play. I know you're knocking on the door. They haven't been able to play in the U.S. Brad has said it, like we're operating like we lost. We're, we're playing the seeds in the rest of the world. And it was almost a blessing in disguise because think about it now. Now they have the rest of the world seeds planted, and now they're going to get to operate in the U.S. without any question. And now those companies that they were talking to before that were like, eh, we want to work with you, but we, we don't know yet. We got to wait. Well, the monkey's off their back, and now that means they're going to be able to proceed in the U.S. And from this point forward, we're going to have lots of days on this show where we're going to be talking about a new partnership with the XRP and some other company in the U.S. And to me, that's what gets me really excited because when you get the adoption in the U S and you've already got adoption planned around the rest of the world, Jesus Christ, that's world domination, man. <laughs> kind of set up in a really, really good position right now. No question about it. Absolutely. You know, oh, okay. I didn't know if you were going to do an intro, but um, yeah, you know, uh, Dean was talking about this yesterday on his show, crypto law talking about like that. We just were very fortunate to get the judges that we got because they applied the law how you're supposed to apply it, right? And then that's how it, that's why it played out the way it did, where, you know, the early sales were considered uh, because of the way it was set up with some type of contract, right? That um, there were securities, but they lost it everything else. So like Johnny was saying, they're always going to spin it. What, what's going to be interesting now for me and what I'm like looking for is, you know, what they do about the appeal, if they appeal it, right? Because a lot of people think, well, it's, it's going to be an instant appeal, right? But what they have to take in consideration, and Jeremy Hogan and Deaton, when they came on the show, they talked about this, where right now it's a federal ruling by a judge that if there are other cases, they can refer back to that, right? But if it goes to the Second Circuit and then they lose again, and the Second Circuit affirms what Judge Torres said, now it becomes case law, right? Now it's binding to all cases. And then from there, like I was talking to Brad, we were talking to Brad at the beginning of the show or before the show that it could go up to the Supreme Court. And, and if it goes up to the Supreme Court, you know, the Supreme Court has always showed, has already shown us in other cases, especially when it had to do like with the EPA, that they don't like it when the government overreaches and they have a tendency to go against that. So if it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court, I definitely think they're going to lose. I'm not an expert. That's just my opinion. No, just one clarification there. So the second circuit is what actually ruled on it. So what Gonzo saying is if it goes to the appellate court level, that next level, the right. appellate yeah. court is not a district court. It's higher. That has a higher weighting, as Jeremy said, Ab. So that becomes crucial. So why would they want to take the risk? They already got the win they need, as Brad said earlier, to go out. Why risk it? And if you lose, 
then you're in trouble. So I don't know. We'll be see. Although, you know, people are saying that they've lost this. This loss was such a big blow to them that they've got nothing to lose anyway. So we'll have to wait and see. I think they have 21 days or something like that to appeal. So we'll know, we'll know soon what the deal is. Brad, that was going to be my response. We are going to read this letter from the SEC, but I'd like to just ask one question beforehand. With the massive loss, and I've read through these documents personally, I went through all of the boring information as well as the exciting stuff. From all of the L's that the SEC took, they took a lot of losses during this lawsuit. Do you think that they're going to appeal because it was so devastating for the agency? Or do you think what Johnny said, like they don't want to apply this to other cases, so they may as well not appeal and take what they got? You know, it's it's hard to know. And shout out to Node Army in the chat too, by the way, for the good comments he's been making, they've been making. Uh, but it's hard to know. But I personally believe that you know this goes the distance to Supreme Court. I, you know, this element of the case that is in question because you know it's think about like the safe harbor rule that was created but never really put in place at the SEC. Think about the decision in this case is over the early sales. Safe Harbor rule could actually take care of that, right? It could really make it null and void and a moot point. If you have the Safe Harbor rule, everybody's got the three-year window to make the necessary adjustments. You file whatever disclosures you're supposed to, right? And then you should be free to go after a period of time. So this is why I believe like that element, because every, look, decentralization, it's a trend word. What? Nothing's decentralized. It's a joke, right? Here, and this is something that nobody will address, right? The fact that decentralization has to start somewhere, everybody's going to have an ICO. Whether you decide to distribute that right to retail investors or you go through third parties, these tokens aren't falling from the clouds and, on, and, and falling on random retail investors. They have to come from somewhere. So do you have a response? Is every single ICO going to be considered illegal in the United States? What do you think, Brad? Do I think that every ICO is or every launch of a project is an ICO, basically, whether it's yep. registered or unregistered? I, I think that's the push here. And I think that's the fight for this argument in that sale, in that early sales. And I think that's why it goes the distance to the Supreme Court, because, you're, you know, Johnny's right. Gonzo's right. I mean, they could lose and lose big here. But I think that's the idea is that we either win over and win all the way or we lose and lose all the way, because I really do believe it is about that clear distinction. You stop short of that and you really have done a disservice to this entire crypto space to not have that kind of clarity. Johnny Crypto, I'm going to read the SEC's response and we're going to kick it right back to the group here. This is the statement that the SEC gave to Fox Business after the ruling came in for Ripple yesterday. And believe it or not, they are calling it a win. We're pleased that the court found that XRP tokens were offered and sold by Ripple as investment contracts in violation of securities law under certain circumstances. The court agreed with the SEC that the Howey test governs the security analysis of crypto transactions and they rejected Ripple's made up test as to what constitutes an investment contract. I'm going to briefly pause here, guys. These are the words from the SEC. That's very unprofessional to say that Ripple's made-up test constitutes an investment contract. I'm going to continue here. Instead, emphasizing how, instead of emphasizing that the Howey and subsequent cases have held the variety of tangible and intangible assets can serve as a subject of an investment contract, further, the court rejected Ripple's fair notice argument noting that the Howey test is clear and that claiming ignorance is not a defense of violating securities law. We'll continue to review the court's decision. Brad, mic drop, floor is yours. This is delusional. <laughs> you know, 
It literally, it, I find it to be delusional. You know what I mean? It's it, it's like it's like your house burning down, but then you told all your friends you just had a barbecue, right? It's like, no, your house burnt down. It's, you know, it's like, you know, there's no barbecue. You know what I mean? It's it's that far off from what went on. You know, it's, it, it's just, uh, but look, I mean, it's not unexpected though. That's the thing I really want people to not get emotionally hung up in because this is exactly the posture of the SEC I was expecting from them. Any little thing, and they're going to be like, so, you know, we, we made the comment off, off camera. I'm going to say it again. You know, just like the movie Dumb and Dumber, right, with Jim Carrey standing in front of the girl, and he wants to be with the girl. He's like, just give it to me straight. What are my chances? And she says, one in a million. And he says, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> You know, and so the reality is, you know, is that that's the SEC is like Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber. They're like, so we won. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's not even. Uh, but again, what they're going to fight over is going to be everything the SEC is going to use to suggest that they've just been given free reign to smash any project out here because it's all a security pending on the early sales. So let me ask you one follow-up before we hear from Gonzo and Johnny. And Gonzo, I'm coming right to you. In this document, they reference the Howey test. And we've talked about the Ripple test coming out of this lawsuit. Does that remove it from the conversation? Because they are saying the Howey test applies to securities in the crypto market. Does that mean there's going to be no Ripple test from this, just to clarify? Well, see, that's why I think we need a Ripple test, right? Because if you don't, then if look, if the SEC wins on that early sales argument, then you're going to have to have a safe harbor. Right. Yep. If they lose on that argument, you're going to have to have a ripple test to be able to define what is decentralization, what is the pathway forward. Right. You know, because Gonzo said it right when we were offline, too. I thought, you know, he's like, so essentially, you know, all the VCs are going to get hit because they're the they're the they're the ones doing direct sales with the project or fundraising. And are they secure? Is it a security now because you had a VC involved? Right. It's a great question. Gonzo, I'd love to give you a chance to respond and we'll continue. Yeah, no, that's that's why I was asking Brad. I'm like, because that's the way it kind of seems. Uh, you know, it's funny because when you just read that, they're basically just taking pieces of information and then cutting other things out, right? Like with the fair notice defense, that's not accurate. What she said was, and this is coming from John Deaton, is that the fair notice defense doesn't apply to the early sales because she's already said that there's an investment contract. She didn't say it applies to all of it, right? So they're kind of just misspeaking about that. Um, there was another point that I had, but I kind of just lost my train of thought on that. Hey, that's why um, we hired Johnny Crypto. This man can talk yeah. for days. And guys, we got 671 live listeners here. Show us some love and smash that like button. Johnny, here are a couple key points, and I'm going to kick it right back to you. To summarize today's judgment based on the following key findings, the sales of tokens to institutions does constitute an investment contract, and that's what the SEC is touting as a win right now. The programmatic sales of tokens on exchanges does not meet the requirements of a Howey test, and inadvertently they're saying it's not a security. Ripple has a centralized structure and formal token distribution plans. If these do not fall under the Abbott of securities law, almost no other token can be sold via exchanges under the Howey test. And that's what Brad just broke down. Because of this ruling, they are going to have the clear pass to sell uh, cryptocurrencies on exchanges. And I got caught up on myself there, Johnny. So the floor is yours. But so that's basically in a nutshell what's going to become the Ripple test. So that that one key difference, right? And it's going to be okay. Because here's what happens. 
basically the reason why we call these tests is because a court case wins and then that court case becomes precedent. So it's law. So in this case, there are going to be every single cryptocurrency that gets sued by the SEC. Now they're going to come back and they're going to point to this case and they're going to try to use this, this ruling, the judge's ruling, if the facts are similar to say, Hey, you know, any programmatic sales of anything done on an exchange is not a secondary security. And, and you know, so that, that piece of it, will kind of get adopted or become the how, you know, the, the, you're going to kind of almost like have a, a modified, and again, I'm not an attorney, so I'm just guessing, but it feels like there'll be some kind of modified Howie plus Ripple test that's going to form, you know, the, 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 the path forward for, for cryptocurrency in this case, you know, so that's the element there. I think that's extremely important there, but yeah, no doubt about it. At the end of the day, they definitely took turd polish and shine that thing up, but you know, it's funny how they talk about the, the fake, ripple test but they don't talk about the fake hinman test remember Hinman came out and made his own rule and that wasn't mentioned at all we didn't even go there but they're real quick to bash the ripple test but nonetheless the reality is some portions of the ruling of this case is what's going to end up forming the basis of what what will be kind of be called some kind of combined howie ripple test i think unless congress acts which is really what we what we really need uh, so, yeah, I remember what I was going to say, and it had to do with like the Howie test and what they were saying about the judge. The judge was very efficient about how she applied the Howie test. And on certain situations, she didn't even apply the Howie test because she says it's a moot point when it came to like uh, what we would consider airdrops or if they're gifting XRP or they're paying their um, their employees in XRP. She didn't even apply the Howie test because she straight up said that is not a security. So there were multiple instances in her decisions where she didn't even apply the Howie test, right? And so it didn't need to go any further. She kind of just dropped the mic on that issue. Very cool, Gonzo. You know, Abs, you know what I'm interested in seeing? It took two and a half years for us to get this ruling. I hope it takes another, if they do appeal it, it better take another two and a half years before (laughs) this way. Because right now, somebody said rightfully, uh, yeah, bro, Mike is, is spot on, that right now, until we get a ruling, this is the law of the land right now, Abs. This will be what every single cryptocurrency company points to. And until it's appealed and, you know, obviously if it were to lose, it is going to be setting the stage for what everybody's going to base it on. So let's hope that this holds up for some time. Sorry, I forgot I was muted. Well, guys, here's somebody in the industry who was spot on when it came to what the ripple ruling would have. Brad, I'm playing this video and we're going right back to you. SEC gets their ass kicked in the ripple case. Absolutely get their ass kicked in the ripple case. But the ruling comes out in such a way that XRP is alone cleared as a non-security in the United States. Meaning that with all the other stuff that the SEC is pulling, suing exchanges, suing other coins, are going to sue some big ones as well, that only BTC and XRP have legal clarity in the United States for a two-year period. Boom. And Johnny Crypto just brought up, if this appeal process takes time, it better take at least two years. So I'm going to ask you straight up, Brad, are we in a situation now where Bitcoin and XRP are the only tokens with real clarity within our borders? Well, look, I have a great respect for Craig DeWitt. He's a great guy, very nice guy. I love every time I get a chance to talk to him, my IQ goes up. But I got a question, though. Where's the legal clarity for Bitcoin? Did that happen and I miss it? Well, we're still looking for Satoshi, so I think he's got a hold of it. Yeah, I, I, I got to be honest. I, I, I don't know where that's at. It's like Brad, the only way to get clarity is take your ass to court. And they ain't taking nobody to court yet, have they? Brad, just do me a favor. Don't hold your breath waiting for that one, buddy. I don't want to see you pass out. 
Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you something else. This is really important. Bitcoin ETF getting approved. Nobody knows who Satoshi is. Do you believe that somebody does know who Satoshi is? Point blank. Of course they do. The Department of Homeland Security knows exactly who they are. (laughs) And they said it in front of the CFTC and the SEC at a conference. I've got it. I just posted it on my on my profile on Twitter if everybody wants to watch it again. I'll pull it up. Let let, let me throw. Yeah, absolutely. Let me throw this out. I also covered the SHA-256 algorithm, which is patented by the National Security Agency. Now, this is an asset that has been brought to the world as anti-establishment, anti-government, and libertarian. The SHA-256 algorithm that runs Bitcoin was created by the NSA. (laughs) Now, I can bring you to the water, but I can't make you drink it, right? This is not tribalist, maximalist talk here. This is the truth. Mm. What we have to ask ourselves is, why are hedge funds taking a position in it? Why is BlackRock and Vanguard taking a position in this asset? I happen to believe, knowing and understanding that the NSA patented the algorithm for Bitcoin, knowing and understanding that there will be some kind of a major correction in the market, Bitcoin may be the hedge that they're allowed to participate in until we move through this transition of a market correction, some changeover to new payment rails. And then you better watch out because I think Bitcoin ultimately is going to have its day on the reality of who Satoshi is or isn't. If I could think of this for a moment. You have public companies taking a position in their in their in their portfolio on Bitcoin. Okay. Tomorrow morning, Satoshi's revealed the wallets unlocked, a million plus Bitcoin flood the market. It goes to crap. Class action lawsuits are now against every public company hedge fund that did not disclose and do their due diligence to know the identity and creation of that project. You ask yourself if that, look, they didn't find this thing in the ground. I didn't go dig this up and find it in the ground. Someone made it. How how do you know that it wasn't a bad actor in Russia that made it? How do you know that North Korea didn't make it or China didn't make it? All of a sudden, it's in everybody's portfolio. It's okay. It's computer code and someone made it and they made it for a reason. And I hope that people make a gazillion dollars on it. But I won't hold it for that reason. And that's just me at my house. I'm not trying to sell a used car. You know what I mean? And Brad, I do have one follow-up. I didn't think we'd be talking Bitcoin this morning, but it's in the cards, so we're going to discuss it. When we talk about Satoshi Nakamoto, and you said his wallet has 800,000 Bitcoin in it, what's the reason they would create a decentralized currency for people? Are you anticipating a black swan right before a CBDC launch? Or what's the real objective here? Why would they give people Bitcoin? Well, it's not really decentralized either, right? I mean, it's centralized, it's centrally created, right? And the network doesn't run unless everybody's doing transactions. It's like, you know, that, that's why decentralization is this trend word that really isn't, and it doesn't mean, it's an idea. It's like libertarianism. You know, li- I love libertarianism. There's a part of me, I have a little libertarian living inside of me, right? And he's telling me right now to shut the hell up. You know what I mean? But the truth is, is that libertarianism works best when you're sleeping because it's a dream. It's an idea, right? The idea is great, 
but it doesn't work in every instance. It's just a fact, right? So decentralization is the same kind of thing. Now, what, what, what was your question again? I just want to make sure. So what is the what is the catalyst here? Because we've often speculated that the reason they created Bitcoin is to create this black swan. They're going to tell everyone, look, decentralized currency, nobody owns it. Then they collapse that. I'm not saying that goes to zero. Let's say Bitcoin ends up some black swan event at $3,000 from where it is today. Then they would roll out centralized currencies and say, look, you can't trust decentralized currencies because of what happened with Bitcoin. But here's a bunch of government backed tokens with a bunch of incentives like you can buy cheaper goods at the grocery store. Do you think that's a reasonable conclusion I'm making? This is exactly what I believe will take place. And I believe they'll crash it in such a way that they will teach people a lesson that you never want to fool around with that funny money again. That's exactly how they've been painting this thing. And you're absolutely right. They're going to set CBDCs up to be the answer, right? When we know that you don't invest in CBDCs, you just merely hold it. So yeah, crypto bad, CBDC good. That's exactly the path they're going to go. Johnny's got it on the spot right there. And Brad, final comment I got on Bitcoin here. Anybody who knew Michael Saylor before the crypto market, he got famous for losing $9 billion in one day. Now, our listeners can track that number. I believe it was in 2009, Michael Saylor lost four or $9 billion in a single day during the housing crash. And that's how everybody knew him. So history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. And I do not believe in coincidences only unrecognized patterns. What are we seeing here? Another fake Michael Saylor pump. This would be the perfect man to be the face of a Bitcoin collapse. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think it's spot on. He was the biggest loser in the dot-com bubble. He lost $13 billion in the dot-com bubble. You know, um, you know, it's like, that's the thing you have to remember about this guy. It's like, and he's still rich. So kudos to him. I don't, you know, kudos to him. But if you're following somebody like that, you better make sure that you're going to still be rich, too, if you're taking the kind of chances he's taking. Right. You know, that's that's the thing. Look, we're in a high risk appetite, you know, investment space. We all understand that. But. I just want to remind people, they said well, Bitcoin's been around forever. USD Tether's been around forever. Who's going to, obviously they're, they're okay, really, because Ripple and XRP were around for eight years before they got sued. Was that okay? You know what I mean? It's like, just because there's not been a lawsuit doesn't mean there won't be one, you know? And, and in fact, if I could, in order for Congress to write legislation, I believe they've got to sue the different main technologies that exist. We just saw Federated Byzantine Agreement and Consensus get sued with Ripple and XRP's technology. I believe you've got to sue a project over proof of stake, probably Ethereum. And I believe you've got to sue a project like proof of work, whether it's Bitcoin or something else. This way you get legal precedent in a decision for each particular kind of technology. And then the 20 plus thousand tokens know exactly which legal bucket you fall under. And then Congress can write laws based on those particular rulings. And we've got laws. So let me ask you this. Is this the moment when 99% of cryptos go away? What we're looking for here is there's 24,000 tokens in the market. If 99% go away, there's still 250 tokens circulating. And in my personal opinion, there are way less than 250 legitimate projects in this space. So let me ask you before we move on. Is this the moment where we get this great consolidation? 24,000 projects may turn into a solid, realistic 200. 
I believe that that moment is in front of us. How far in front of us, I don't know. But I believe that for that moment to happen, we have to see a day of reckoning for USD Tether as well. You know, I, I don't want to be the guy that's like throwing wet blanket on the fire here. We yeah, have right. a great decision. But but the truth is, is I believe that this, this has to happen. I mean, your market is not fully regulated from every side, clean, compliant, until we understand how the U.S. government actually feels about USD Tether, because that's another entity out here selling the only product that the Federal Reserve has ever had, which is dollars. And you tell me where the U.S. government stands on that. Absolutely. And one more quick question I have. I'm going to kick it to Johnny Crypto, and then we're going to go back to you, Brad. One of the things we've been discussing on our channel, Johnny, for several months is that Bank of America has come out and stated after this lawsuit they will begin leveraging Ripple's net technology for ODL. We've also seen similar statements from JP Morgan. So the question I have for you is how long until we turn on CNBC and Fox Business and see a lot of these billionaires promoting the use cases for XRP or maybe other currencies that get regulatory approval? Well, that'll happen once they've got all their hands completely you know, sunk into the sandbox. And I'm not so sure that's all done yet. I think they're all starting to move in. We're early, Abs. Remember, we've been saying this for a while. We're still very early in this space. And so, you know, they're going to want to make sure they've, they've got their hands into this and they own everything they want to own before you start seeing them spin the narrative around, you know, if this is positive. The second thing is when you're developing and adopting a technology, you're usually not talking about it. You're not telling your competition what you're doing. So, you know, it's going to be one of those things where I think you're going to hear bits and pieces and snippets, but it's not just going to be fully blunt out like hey we're using this and that's it i don't think that's gonna really ever happen outright but yes folks like us will be doing the investigative work behind the scenes and we'll find snippets of information and things like that but um to me it's gonna be a, i think a year or two before you really start to see the narrative flip and i mean we're moving into the bull run right and as we get into that the having in the bull run, all this is coming. So it's only a matter of time now, but I would still think it's going to be another year or two before the narrative spins completely around. But I would expect it to start as we get close to the having. Brad, I'd like to get your thoughts as well. I My prediction is over the next three or six months, we're going to see CNBC be activated when it comes to crypto adoption. And I do have some videos I'm going to play for our listeners later on where Fox Business and CNBC, they're calling this a ripple win and it's huge for the industry. What do you think? Bank of America already stated they're going to leverage Ripple's tech. Is this going to take years or could we see this development in the next three to six months? You know, I look, I mean, you know, the optimist to me wants to see it sooner rather than later. We can't know. But I do wonder. And this is one of the questions we're left wondering now. Now that we have this kind of clarity in the ruling from the judge, how soon do we start to see these NDAs burn off? with Ripple and the U.S. adoption absolutely start to take off rampantly. One second, Brad. I just keep a lot of our listeners don't understand when you say people signed NDAs. What are those in dis, what, what are they signing NDAs for? Maybe you can elaborate. So non-disclosure agreement. So, you know, companies will often set, sign a non-disclosure agreement with somebody and it usually be under an MOU. Right. So. You'll create a memorandum of understanding between one another that if company A does what they're supposed to and company B does what they're supposed to and everything works out, that memorandum of understanding will create a partnership. But usually all of that is done under a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, that basically abs. That means they're that means they're testing the technology. If they have an NDA in place, that means they're doing some business together. Yes. And they're not allowed to talk about it publicly, which is why I was saying earlier, you're not going to hear about it. 
other than through some leaking background stuff because they can't say they're working on it. That's yeah. typically, you know, how, how, how it's done. And abs, I think it's important, you know, we have a lot of people in the chat right now and people are talking about, you know, Hey, the ruling came out and we only got 77 cents. And if you remember abs, the rally is we talked about this a while ago. My prediction was after the lawsuit was over, we'd go back to where we were pre lawsuit. And that's pretty much where we are. Think about it. You need money to drive things higher. We are not in a high liquidity. We don't have the banks printing, you know, with print, the printing presses aren't turned on right now. No surprise to me that we're right back to where we were pre-lawsuit. Now the question is, this is what I'm looking at now. The question is, now that the monkey is off its back and it has freedom, now it can go and really find its true value based on, you know, there's going to be some speculation built in. There's going to be leakage of news of partnerships they have. But now at least, you know, this whole thing of holding it down and keeping it into that 20, 30 cent range. I think those days are gone. I always thought we'd reset to a higher level somewhere in this zone. Now from here, you know, how high do we go? Well, this is going to get a chance to now truly find price discovery in the next bull run. Whereas before it was kind of capped. It was kind of, it had this, you know, again, the monkey on its back holding it back in the last bull run. I think the beautiful thing about the next one is now we don't have to worry about that. Even if it's, I mean, I guess if it's under appeal, that could be somewhat but it won't be as critical as it was when there was a lawsuit with no certainty. So for me, the exciting part is what can it do going forward? How high can we go? You know, we had BC backer. We talked, we heard him last night, you know, a couple of people thinking maybe eight to $10, you know, that, that'll be very interesting if we see those kind of numbers in the next bull run, which I think could be possible now that this, this ruling is. is Johnny, I need to ask you something we didn't prep for. So just let me know if you don't know the answer. When companies like Bank of America say they're going to start leveraging this tech, but they're not going into these exchanges yesterday and today buying. So where is all this buying pressure coming from? Is this retail investors? Is this people in Japan and Korea? Where is all this new liquidity coming from in this XRP price chart? Well, you know, that's a great question. And it's cool. My cousin found an app that lets you kind of see streaming lines of where the buying is coming from. And there was a ton of buying going on in Singapore up until yesterday. I forgot the name of the app. If somebody's out there, Actually, you know, what's the name of that app that shows where the XRP is going on the blue? Yeah, it's like the blue streamlines. It's really, really cool. Um, and he, yesterday there was a ton of it in the U.S. app. So obviously now there has been and then that was probably because the exchanges started to open up. But, I, you know, so I think from that perspective, you know, you're going to see there's a lot of global buying of it now, now that it's available. So, Brad, what does that mean? Maybe you can elaborate a little bit more. Obviously, the price chart doubled yesterday, but where are these buyers coming from? Are these regular retail investors? Are these institutions? I'm sure nobody has a real answer, but I'd love to hear your speculation. Well, you know, look, I, I, I don't know who they are. You know, I mean, I, I can't say who that they are and I wouldn't dare try. But look, my personal belief is that, you know, you're seeing, look, there, there's always there's always someone on the line in the institutional world that's saying to herself, yeah, let's see how this case goes, right? And then we'll we'll make a decision. And I definitely believe, along with a you know a formidable group of retail investors as well, want to buy on that decision. I definitely think you see that you know there's there's some companies that know that they can benefit from this technology, and they wait for that decision before they actually make a play. And that certainly could be some of that uh, for sure. But I, I I also believe that we're not. I'm not. I guess the, the way to say it, is, you know, I'm, I want to look, I want to see price action like anybody, right? You know, but the truth is, is I just want to see use case utility be the price driver. 
I don't want to see speculation driving price. That's what I believe we saw yesterday. I want to see use case utility and demand and locking the asset up because they know that they're going to use it every day in their business. And the more I get of it and the more I lock it up, the more you're going to get this demand and price surge that doesn't go away. It doesn't come back down. Right. So that's that's really what I want to look forward to more than kind of the moment we're in now. But I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Hey, Ab, as well. Thanks. Thanks no. to our group chat, our chat here. Yeah, it's called Fiat League. Check this out, Abs. So pretty much the huge monster buying between the US and uh Korea. Monster, monster buying there. So kudos to my cousin, everybody else who uses this app. It kind of gives you an idea. You were asking where is the buying. Now we don't know who the buyers are. But at least you can see where the heavy buying is coming from. It's really, really cool. And surprisingly, it's you know, all in the United States, which is really cool. Yeah. You well, know, Abs, um, I think Brad brings up a really good point. And what we saw yesterday when he talks about like speculation is we have the same amount of money that's been in the market now for the past few months. And that money has just been kind of just following narratives, right? We were doing the AI thing. Before that, it was gaming. And I think a lot of the money just flowed into XRP. And going back to like what Johnny was saying earlier is we really need the bull run, right? We need new money, new liquidity to come in, whether that's retail institutions or a combination of both to kind of push the total market up to get new money or else it's just kind of the same amount of money that's kind of just floating around. We get a little bit more and it just pushes into different narratives. And that's why I've been saying that I think the BTC ETF approval is huge. Because that's going to now bring us, unlock a source of money, abs, liquidity, funds, new money. New money is the way to think about it, right? Not that it's new money, but you know what I mean. New money to, that can flow into this space that's just sitting on the sidelines right now. And it's just like, no, nope, can't do it. You know, what we say yesterday, 53% of hedge funds or, or yeah. institutions want to put money into it, but they're not. That's a shit ton of money that's going to come in. That's going to rise the tide and all boats in the space are going to benefit from it. I mean, that. Everybody says, why did it go up? That's why it didn't go up because it's just old money trying to find a home. It's just imagine, you know, you have to think of it as like, you know, water in this bottle, right? I could turn it this way, it could go that way, it could all go into this one corner, it could go into this one spot, but it's still the same amount of water, right? And until you put more water in here, more money, you know, you're, you're just going to find that, that at the end of the day, these prices are going to kind of flow in. In, in the areas that you're kind of used to. The reason why bull runs are exciting is because new money floods in for a short period of time. <laughs> and it drives everything up. But then the smart money takes it out and it goes back down again. And now you're back to, you know, a trillion dollars or so. So when the new money period comes back in again, that's when everything's going to drive up. Now, what you don't want when the new money comes in, you don't want to own something that has a lawsuit on its back because that's going to hinder it, right? And that's the problem, what happened in the last bull run. And that's why I'm super excited for the next bull run, because at least one of our, you know, one of our biggest babies, XRP, no longer has the monkey on its back and it's free to go as high as the market wants to take it. And that's what we're all, that's what everybody's wondering. How high will it go? And Abs, you know what? I should share with you. I did a poll. Are you interested in seeing the poll results of how, how high XRP can go? Sure. If you want to see it, go. Well, you guys chat while I go pull it up. Give me a So, second. Brad, one of the things that we've been talking about for a while is what's going to get XRP past the ranges that have suppressed us. And we didn't think the XRP news would be coming as early as July of this year. What we're showing our listeners right now is a price chart 
if we did the if we did the same thing that happened back in 2017 over a 240 day period, XRP had a 70,000 and yes, I'm saying that correctly, 70,000% price increase. That means every dollar that you invested after 240 days was worth $7,000. So, we don't think we're going to get the exact same situation here, but what do you think? Is now the monkey's off of our back? What's really preventing us from reaching these drastically higher price targets? Nothing. Sky's the limit. I mean, you know, that that that's really where we're at now, right? Is we're I, I believe we're in a phase where it's it is things are going to bounce around like like what we're seeing here. Right. And they're going to bounce around and maybe they go up and bounce around at three to seven bucks or something. Who knows? But I think you're going to have this spiky kind of market of retail speculation taking place until it dawns on the rest of the institutions and find FIs and all of them out here that realize what this can do for their business. And when they do, you better watch out because the truth is this asset has a real use case. It mm -hmm. solves a real problem. and We all know it does. Right. So all we need now is for it to dawn on the rest of the industry to understand XRP doesn't sell to exchanges. Right. XRP or, or Ripple doesn't sell to exchanges. Ripple buys back off the secondary market. So that tells me since 2019, this has been going on. They've been pulling it back a little bit each time. Now, why would Ripple buy it back? Because they're one of the companies that know that they need it. You know, so they know it and then it's going to start dawning on everyone else who understands how this really works. And when they get their mind wrapped around how it works, you're going to see people buy it up until it's gone because it's going to turn into it's cheaper today and it'll always be a little bit more tomorrow if you don't get it today. Brad, and I got to just elaborate on one of these comments here. Somebody commented $30. That's $1.5 trillion in market cap. It's basically impossible for that to happen. Well, we've got the answer to that question. This doesn't have to be new money, guys decentralized applications are going to lock up liquidity into these blockchains. And so it doesn't have to be 100 or sorry, 1.5 trillion of new money being invested to XRP. Exactly. You're going to have use cases driving liquidity into these currencies. For example, if I have a $500,000 house, it's not like that house is being removed from the real estate market and put on a blockchain. That value is being transferred over. And that's just one of the reasons we could see these drastically high price targets. Brad, did you have a quick response before we change topics? I, I did, I, because I think that's such a great point that you're bringing that up. And I understand that people get hung up about market cap. But how could that happen? You know what I mean? It's like, well, it could happen right now. JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs or anybody else, BlackRock could come in here and buy up all of the XRP that is liquid on every single exchange, which is the Shane Ellis theory, by the way. And as you're buying it all up off the exchanges, you're buying up the buy and sell walls taking the price up to the price that it is, right? It's not just, when you look at the price of it at 78 cents, it's not 78 cents for all the XRP out here. It's 78 cents at the current price. When you start buying past a certain limit, it goes up to the next price and then to the next set of uh, sell walls. So you have to buy all of that up. And if you're buying all of that up and then not selling it, you don't need a trillion dollar market cap for the price to be at that level. In fact, let me give another simple example. Four of us in this stream right now. Let's suppose if there's 10 XRP, the person that holds, there's a person who holds two of them, but needs 10. And we all hold two of them. Well, if we don't sell at a certain price, we don't need the market cap to be 1.5 trillion. 
It just needs to be a number before I decide that I'm going to let it go. And that will be what the fair market is, right? Because that's what we all have and decide to let go at. So, yeah, I mean, you don't need market cap to determine price for sure. Absolutely. Johnny or Gonzo, do you guys have a response or we're about to move on to some XLM and XRP topics? Um, Abs, I just was going to bring this up real quick because people were asking. I was fascinated when you look at the with the poll, you see that 30% of people thought one to three, 30% over 10, 10 or higher, and about 30 in between. So it was very, very, it's a, a very interesting break. There's no real true direction here other than it's kind of mixed in thirds between, you know, under three bucks over three bucks or over $10. So it'll be really interesting to see where this plays out, how it goes, but at least you get a little insight into the mentality of folks and where they're, where they're thinking we may see the price go by the end of the year. Gonzo, here's something else I would say that we provided some clarity on during this episode. If you're just tuning in, we got 720 live listeners here. Show us some love, smash that like button, but Gonzo there, this appeal process, two key details. Number one, the sec may not appeal on all fronts. We could have many of these rulings be litigation in the U S but number two is that even if they do appeal, it's going to take years. So what we got yesterday is at least temporary clarity for XRP in the U.S. Just give me some statements and then we'll move on. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing that John Dean was talking about as far as whether it goes appeal or not is there's this small thing that's um, that still needs to be decided where they could go after uh, Chris Larson and Brad Garlinghouse for aiding and abetting on the original... Um, charge of selling securities, right? But it's a BS charge that no one thinks is going to go anywhere, that they're not going to actually do anything with it, but it's there. And in order for them to appeal, that has to get resolved because they can't, what Deaton explained is it can't be piecemealed, right? Everything has to be resolved and then it goes into an appeal process. So that either needs to get dumped, right? And they're not going to address that and then go into appeal. Or if they try to maybe get some paybacks and go to charge them on that charge, um, they can't appeal and it just extends the thing further. But according to what Deaton was saying, it was kind of, uh, it's a BS charge. Doesn't think it's really going to go anywhere. And here's something else, Gonzo. We talk about the XRP price chart often. I'm going to ask the live chat something. If you think we will see above $1 XRP by the end of next week, put a one in the live chat. If you think we're going to stay below a dollar for the next week or so, put a two in the live chat. I'm really interested to hear. And guys, we got 730 live listeners here. We're going to do you a favor just because it's Friday. Here's the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and totals since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com, that's MerlinCrypto.com, and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. It is the smartest way to track your crypto, guys, and I did make it back just in time. Gone all the floor yards. Yeah, thanks. So I just wanted to tell a quick Merlin story. So yesterday, you know, we have a Zoom call that Jackie and I do, a market update. And so while I was doing that call, 
I got my Merlin alert about Solana being at $30, but I was on the call, so I couldn't really mess with it. But it worked out because Solana got up to $32. I was able to sell out of my position, put that money to the side. And then when uh, XRP went down to 75 cents, I put that money into XRP. So Merlin really helped me out because I wasn't really paying attention because I was on the call and I probably wouldn't have checked. So it really worked out, Johnny, like it was supposed to. That's cool, awesome. Man. That is awesome, uh, Gonzo. Thanks for sharing the story. I know Mario had a similar story, too. Uh, people are asking when launch. Guys, we're very close. We're hoping if all goes well, probably sometime in early. Look for it. We'll be, we'll be making the announcement when it comes. <laughs> I don't want to be like Flair and keep giving out dates, but I'm hoping that it's going to be in August. It's looking very likely, but I'll give you uh, a better update as we get closer. But we are very, very close. Very, very close. Thank you so much, guys. And it's absolutely free 30 days. So check out the link down below. Johnny, please stop sharing my screen because, again, I, I was trying to remove it. I thought that was my screen. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Brad, I do just to close out our topic, I do want to get your take. Johnny put out a poll yesterday, got about 180 responses, seemed to be split across the board. The majority of people think we're either going above 10 bucks or staying between one and three dollars. So nobody's a real, nobody's got a crystal ball here, but what are you anticipating? Do you think we're going to stay below a dollar or over the next seven days? Do you think we've got some more price action to go? You know, I, I just, I, I'm, 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 we're, I'm so horrible at this. Uh, you know, uh, I, because I'm a long-term believer, right? So I just, this is not, I can't even answer it because I don't know the answer and I wouldn't, I just think it discredits me to try to answer, right? Cause like it's, for me, it's like I believe in it. I believe it's going to do amazing things. I believe XRP can go to four or five digits, and I get hacked every day because of it, right? You know, I actually believe Ripple will achieve the goal, and there's a lot of people because things have been so negative for so long, they just hate me because I'm so enthusiastic, and I've never lost the enthusiasm about it. So, you know, for me, I just I believe it'll go to $1,000, $10,000 plus. That's what I believe, but I don't know when. You know. So you guys heard it here first. 589 is just a drop in the bucket, but we got 680 live listeners here, Brad. A big question that everybody's wondering is obviously XRP had a massive pump because of the news, but XLM was moving in correspondence. Let's dispel some rumors here. Why does XLM move every time XRP does? We broke down the inception of this company and the connections many times on our channel. So I do want to hear your take. Is XLM going to move as XRP continues to rise? And this is my take? Okay. All right. I was looking at the chat. You, you caught me. But uh, no, XLM and XRP, to me, I mean, they follow one another. And history, give or take, XR, XLM usually does about a third of what XRP does, you know, give or take, right? Yeah. So I, I just feel like, you know, look, it's not a fork. It is a copy of the same code. Right. So it's, it's not a fork. It is the same code. And I believe that the, the legal ruling that just happened to go to my theory and understanding about each particular technology being sued, what went positive today for XRP goes positive for XLM. It's the same actual technical code. So. Why do you believe Stellar has had a free pass when it comes to meeting with people in Washington? They've been able to go in, meet with congressmen and powerful people in the United States and walk out with maybe not clarity, but a better understanding of what works and what doesn't. When we look at other crypto projects, they go in and meet with the SEC. They walk out with a lawsuit. It is Conspiracy Friday, Brad. Why does XLM get a seeming free pass from the U.S.? Well, well you know, I love a good conspiracy. You know, um, you know, look, I, I can tell you, you know, um, you know, there, there's, you know, there's a lot of talk about like, who is Jed McCaleb? 
right? Can you track his roots back to where he come from? I, I've had trouble, you know, um, but, you know, I'm not, you know, who am I? But anyway, you know, look, all I could say is, is that when it comes to Jed McCaleb, Jed McCaleb is my sign to leave anywhere. If I'm somewhere where Jed is and he leaves, I'm leaving too. This guy left Mount Gox before it collapsed. This guy left Ripple before it got sued. And they never brought his name up in the lawsuit. And he had 9 billion XRP. And they just forgot to put his name in, right? You know, it's convenient. Like, convenient. And whenever this cat leaves somewhere, if I'm there, I'm leaving with his ass. I can tell you that. Well, I heard a great quote, Johnny Crypto. It said, when Suge Knight shows up to the party, that's my cue to leave. The party's about to go down. <laughs> Jed McCaleb's the same thing. If Jed McCaleb walks into the building, that might be a good time to wrap it up. I want to hear from you and Gonzo. Well, listen, you know, like I say, he's the Teflon Crypto Don. That's the way to think. My father used to say this. He was so spot on. It's not what you know, my friends. It's who you know. And obviously, the Teflon Crypto Don knows somebody. Yeah, you know, uh, I think Brad summarized it just perfectly. You know, he was there for Mount Gox, sold it at the right time, and then it became a total shit show. And then again, went into Ripple and then left right before they got sued. But, you know, the one thing that I think the difference between like XRP and XLM, um, where, where, when it has to do with price action, is that I think XRP has that strong community. And so when you get a little bit more speculative, that price action just goes higher, right? And so you get more price action that gets pushed up while XLM, it moves up, but it's a little bit more tame. And you saw that yesterday, right? You saw it on the way that it moved up and then it moved down faster than XRP did. And I just think that's because XRP has this really strong community behind it. And while I think a lot of the people on the XRP army might invest in XLM, it doesn't have that strong community. At least that's what I think. Maybe people know different, but it doesn't have like that community kind of like that XRP does. Brad, another thing that we can point out that we're either, we're either in a simulation or people know things that we don't because yesterday Twitter announced some pretty big news as well as users could now send and receive XRP via Twitter as the XRP's tip bot is now functional on the platform. This is some pretty exciting news. And Brad, let me know if we're taking too much of your time. Just tell me to cut the show because I've got topics for days. We're going to talk about how trillions. <laughs> I really do. We're going to talk about how trillions of dollars are flooding into the market, specifically through Ripple. And we have a video from Crypto Erie to break it down. But let's talk about this real quick. XRP was added to Twitter yesterday. Is everything a coincidence or what's going on here? Well, nothing's a coincidence. And, 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 and that, that, that's really what we need to understand here is that we may not know how all the working parts fit together, but nothing's a coincidence. And when it comes to money, nothing is left to chance. There's no question about it, right? So, you know, it, it's interesting seeing all of this stuff, but I do have a hard out in like three minutes. All right, guys. So we're going to get some. Oh, Johnny, I'm going to give you the floor. And I got a closing question for Brad to end the show. I think just the one thing we didn't talk about will be interesting, Abs, is now that the monkey's off their back, don't be surprised if next year you see Ripple going public, probably during the next bull run. Don't be surprised if we see the IPO, baby. I'll just yeah. leave with that. Gonzo, I want to get some closing statements. Then we'll go a Q&A with Brad to end the show. Yeah, man, just go to Brad. I don't want to take his time. He has three minutes, but that was a great point. Uh, you know, stay tuned to the Academy when it comes to link to and investing and stuff like that. 
Absolutely. And Brad, get ready for these rapid fire questions here. I'll try to make them quick. Every time we get a bull run, exchanges go down. Do you have any talk about that? Yesterday, Uphold went down. It was one of the biggest places for retail investors to purchase XRP. What are some of the solutions we could apply maybe? Well, I don't know what the solution is, but I could tell you, I had a lot of newbies in the space hitting me up yesterday going, hey, I can't get into the exchange. I was like, welcome to crypto. supposed to buy when the market was down you ain't supposed to fomo man right johnny okay uh sorry second question i had for you guys ipo was the talk of the town before the before the sec sued ripple now that the regulatory uh monkey is off their back how long until we see a ripple ipo in your opinion Oh, wow. Geez, I don't know, but I hope it's within the year for sure. You know, um, that would be fantastic. I mean, if they do a traditional IPO, you're going to need a six month runway. Right. So hopefully it gets started sooner rather than later, for sure. Next question I have and just only two more here, Brad. When we talk about the banking system shifting before our eyes, a lot of it's going to happen behind the scenes. So I'm going to ask you when they do make the inevitable shift and start leveraging Ripple Tech, Will retail investors like us hear about it or will we just open our banking app and say, oh, now we have instant payments? Oh, I think that's exactly right. I think it's the latter. I I, I definitely think, look, we have to understand. It doesn't mean we understand we can all hold it now. That question's out of the way. And what a beautiful thing that is to understand without it being someone's opinion. It's a matter of law. Right. So we get to hold it. And that's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, I mean, uh, your question again, real quick is. Oh, shoot. I forgot. I got lost. When, they, when they would IPO, you were saying. Oh, when would Ripple IPO? When would Ripple IPO? So we don't know when they'll IPO. But I mean, listen, I just firmly believe that it's a sooner rather than later event because, I mean, you want to capitalize on the on the good news. And hey, the SEC, the same agency that's suing you has got to approve the IPO. Does this affect <laughs> other currencies like Algorand and Cardano that were considered securities in the lawsuits against Coinbase and Binance? How do you feel this ruling affects those two currencies? Well, now we want to be careful here because I don't know exactly the the details of why they're being sued and what they're claiming makes them a security. And I think that's where we all want to take a quick step back and make sure you understand the details of each complaint, because it could be something substantial depending on the actual complaint. Last question I got for you, Brad. What are we anticipating over the next couple of weeks? Do you think we're going to see a rise in price or was yesterday a buy the rumor, sell the news situation? Let's give a price target. I know that we like to do it for fun. So tell me, a dollar, two dollars, what are you anticipating over the next four weeks? Over the next four weeks? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Uh, over the next four weeks, I don't really watch price. So I know that comes as a big disappointment to a lot of people. But over the next four weeks, what I would like to see is more announcement of U.S. companies mm. uh, speaking about how they're moving and taking the position and incorporating Ripple, RippleNet, on-demand liquidity into their business model. That's the stuff I'm looking for. Really yeah. exciting, Brad. And I just want to say thank you. Johnny and Gonzo, you guys have any closing remarks for Brad? I um, got- sorry, I fired the music up. I'll stop it. Uh, no, I just want to say, Brad, as always, it's great to see you, brother. Thank you for coming on. We'll definitely do it again. It is exciting times, historic day, no better day than to have you on. But thank you for all your insights. Really appreciate it. Love you. And everybody wants to know, Brad, when is the next XRP Vegas coming? Oh, well, don't you worry. It's coming. We got good news on that decision. So you can know it is coming. Nice. And uh, I want to shout out the, real quick. The, uh, I wrote down some names. I saw some people that were throwing uh, some shout outs to me. So, uh, Songbird, Susie Gemini, Steel Dove, Greenwood Holding Company, Node Army, John and Ed XRP Army. I think I got most of them. 
you guys, thank you so much for the love. And thank you guys for the love and having me on here today. Absolutely, guys. And I just want to remind our listeners, Coach JV is going to be going live with Waters Above. I'm sure they're going to be doing some technical analysis, some really in-depth conversation. Go and check out that podcast. And Gonzo, I'd love to give you a chance to say goodbye. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you, Brad. You gave me a lot to think about today. I could sit here and listen and talk to you for hours. So we'll see you next time, bro. I appreciate it. Hey, man, thank you. And I feel the same way. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so much, Brad. And guys, this is going to be a little bit unique. Johnny, mute that music for me because we're going to close out the show with a hype video for our listeners. We got 671 live XRP holders in here, I'm sure. Show us some love and smash that like button. Be safe and celebrate this weekend. Go out, have fun, be around good people. But of course, stay alive until Monday because we're going to be talking about some more news. Here's a great video to close out the show on. Congratulations, everyone. And like we always say, Warriors, Right. I think it is actually theoretic clarity, this, this alley test. Can you speak to the Ethereum issue? Come in and talk to us. You've heard that before. The, the laws are clear. I'm not going to speak to anyone matter. Ripple is a cryptocurrency. Blue and others at the SEC were compromised. No evidence that the SEC was bribed. I'm negative on X, the XRP. It's just a giant con. They plant the press stories, they put out lawsuits, they create as much of a fuss as possible, they try to get their government friends involved, and then they go, oh god, this thing's happening. I'm holding my XRP. Forget the SEC, they have damages. Man, fuck the SEC and all this nonsense. Gary, are you there? That's the best way we could end the show here, guys. I'm going to close this thing out by saying thank you to Brad, thank you to Johnny, and of course, thank you to Gonzo. I want to say it again. Everybody, go out and celebrate this weekend. Have an amazing time, but be sure to stay safe because I'm sure we're going to have some amazing news next week. We'll see you guys in 72 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, guys. Let's go. Love you guys. It's your guys.